Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Ange. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com or for your Monday morning commutes at 5.30 to 6 a.m. at bff.fm. And today we're taking you back to Sundance. Surprise, surprise. This one's a really special interview with the director and subject of the documentary Sea of Shadows, Richard Ladkani and Andrea Crosta. And this documentary, it's heavy. It plays like a thriller, uh, like a Hollywood thriller. Uh, it's set in Mexico Sea of Cortez um, about a rescue mission um, regarding the most endangered and elusive whale on Earth, the vaquita. Um, and it, it, it's a really heavy documentary, but it's also super important. Uh, and, and I love that they're shedding light on this issue. And um, they're just really really brave for the work that they've done and I hope you enjoy the interview so I'll see you on the flip side you're listening to the festival daily buzz with bitch talk podcast my name is John Wildman here with my co-host from bitch talk Aaron Lim and Angela Tabora this segment we're going to be talking about the film Sea of Shadows it's a documentary screening at Sundance we have with us the director of the film Richard Lacani and one of the subjects in the film Andrea Crosta thank you guys for being here thank you thank you Richard tell us about the film well um, it's been uh, one hell of a ride it's been uh, two <laughs> years in the making uh, it's very fast for a documentary to mm-hmm. complete, um, but it was very urgent to, to do this from the beginning mm-hmm. and to start right away mm-hmm. because uh, we knew that um, the vaquitas, like the clock was ticking and like every month you may lose another animal. Mm-hmm. When we started um, on this, there was like 30 vaquitas left. Now we believe there's less than 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really urgent and we also realized this film, you know, <clears throat> when we heard about what's going on there, it's not just about um, the vaquita. It's actually they're destroying an, o- an ocean system. Mm-hmm. Right. And, that, and now, quickly, yeah. just to we'll catch our listeners up, the film follows um, Andrea and, and others who are, you know, trying to, you know, kind of stem the tide of, uh, of, of the vaquita um, uh, destruction due to the fishing for, and how do you say it, the t- Tabora? Totoaba. Totoaba. Um, the, the cocaine of the sea right. um, that, that is being fished illegally and in the mass fishing um, is killing everything else in, in, in sight. Um, so that is the film. And, 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 it, and it, it, of course, it follows along the tradition of films like The Cove and things like that, which we, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're watching, um, you know, people trying to stop, basically trying to um, stop an immovable force or, you know, how, however, you know, that, that goes. Um, tell me how you got involved with this project. Mm-hmm. Well, we did this film called The Ivory Game, um, which was about the extinction of elephants. And we had a uh, big success with this film because it actually really had an impact and made a difference. And it moved the needle in, even in China where in the end they banned the ivory trade and they invited us to show the film in China and open the Beijing Film Festival. And this was, this was so encouraging yeah, wow. that a film can actually have an impact mm-hmm. on a government. So when we heard about this problem, we realized, okay, the Mexican government can solve this, but they're not caring enough. 
So we wanted to get involved and really point a finger at this issue and um, also x-ray it, like understand what is really the problem, who are the bad players, how is this happening. This is where people like Andrea Crosta come in who do undercover infiltration of cartels and syndicates and risk their lives by doing so, but are extremely professional. And we had a good relationship already with the Ivory game, um, and we wanted to work on this together again. Actually, he had an ongoing investigation on this, and he was the first one to tell me mm. about what's going on there. Well, Andrea, and I really wanted to get, get you in the conversation because, it, it, because you are investigating you are um, in some very dangerous situations, frankly, um, as you're as you're working with uh, you know underworld types that are you know are, are trying to you know sell um, these uh, swim bladders um, you know to China, and so you're trying to find that out as well as deal with very angry fishermen um, who don't want you doing this because you're you know you're you're taking away their livelihood, and now you've got cameras on you as well. Yeah. Now now talk about how much that adds to the degree of difficulty oh, yeah. for what you're trying to do. Yes, thank God uh, Richard and I, like in the field, really start thinking in one mind. So he knows when, when he can film, he knows when he's, he's not possible. Uh, but actually the whole operation uh, was from our side, from our organization, was at least uh, 12 people involved. And, and some of these people you don't see in the film because they're deeply undercover. Right. Uh, what actually, f I've, you know, we were finding for a, looking for a solution for me and my two guys. One was a for, is a former FBI working with me, and other one is a former captain of Sea Shepherd. And uh, so at the end, we came up with the idea. So I pretended to be an Italian journalist and on site, and some and some and sometimes fishermen are a little bit less, uh, you know, they're okay. And, and it was the perfect cover, actually, because I had the cameras already. So I, I just pretended it was my camera. And, uh, and, and that helped me a lot. Uh, not all the times, but at the same time, I had other people, including Asian undercover investigators, they were doing their job. And nobody, you know, you don't see them, of course, they're ghosts. Yeah, I, I wanted to uh, switch up the topic a little bit um, with Richard and talk about your work with Jane Goodall and how that's uh, influenced your filmmaking and, and kind of a call to action. Yeah, <clears throat> I was very fortunate when I had um, the possibility to spend about a year um, mm -hmm. traveling with Jane Goodall uh, around the world on the film Jane's Journey. Mm -hmm. That was in 2009. Mm -hmm. And, <clears throat> you know, it was um, really remarkable because she touched me in a way that mm -hmm. I had never been touched by anyone before. Mm -hmm. Like, it went really to the heart because she said, um, you can make a difference with your films, you know, like you have a voice and you can reach millions of people. So if you want to change the world, use your power by making films that matter and that have a message. Mm -hmm. And that really stuck, you know, but it was not so easy to just go out and find the right topic. Like, wh what could it be? So, um, so I was very encouraged. But at the same time, what could be, you know, where, where to go? So when I found the elephant story, mm -hmm. it was in the New York Times, mm -hmm. the extinction of elephants happening, they said 10 years to extinction. I was like, holy shit, like, I didn't know this was going on. And if I don't know about it, then a lot of other people will not know about it. Mm -hmm. So let's investigate. And that's how it kind of started. And, you know, it, it really, she's an ambassador of the, she was an ambassador for the Ivory Game. She helped us with that. She's also involved in marketing this film. Once it comes out, she wow. will be there for us. She will host uh, screenings, things like that. It's a good voice to have. So yeah. We're good friends. Mm -hmm. We are close we she empowers me but i also feel there is some empowerment going on towards her 
because she loves to inspire young people and when she sees they do something with that mm-hmm. then you know she she enjoys that so it's it's we like each other's company which is a good <laughs> thing <Yeah. laughs> so uh, so in terms of the the vaquita which has been described as the smallest and most elusive of the whales uh, can you talk about how long it took until you finally spotted and and caught that first one and for both of you that that feeling that that moment of like, wow, we're, we're going to do something that no one has ever done before. Right. Well, it was incredibly difficult from the beginning to even know, w- will we find a vaquita, mm-hmm. right? And it took a, an amazing team to even um, put this together. So it starts with our production company, Terramata, who actually put the funds in place and, and made this possible for us to be there on location for so long. It took five weeks of searching with 15 boats um, mm. We joined the Vaquita CPR team with 90 scientists, mm. uh, Cynthia Smith, the main character, she was kind of leading this together with Lorenzo. And it was this mission where we didn't know, will it work? Everyone was getting more and more desperate. We saw, we spotted some Vaquitas in the first week, far away, could never get close to them for like seconds, and then they completely vanished. And we thought, is it the boats? Is it us? Is it our presence here? They noticed us. So it went into desperation. And it was only funded for five weeks. And we were like, yeah. will it happen, you know? And as the days ticked by, we got more and more depressed and frustrated. But then in the end, they they found that one and, and were able to catch one. But, well, I don't know if I should talk about what happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. but, yeah. but yeah. Don't, don't get any spoilers. Yeah. 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 yeah, It was incredibly moving and touching. And mm-hmm. also because we were the first film team in the world to be actually film a vaquita up close mm-hmm. in its entirety. And mm-hmm. that was, so it was remarkable. It was mm-hmm. like finding Loch Ness or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never been filmed. And it was very emotional for all of us. Well, it, 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 it's fascinating because, you know, so many people have not never seen one that, that, that they're, they're actually, it's, you have it in, in the film, people like think it's a myth, that it's, that's a, something that's been made up to keep them from fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you're, you're a filmmaker as well. And, and, and I want to ask if, because I had this thought watching this, I mean, the key to I hate to say it, uh, it, it in this way, but it's a cute fish. It, 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 it's, it's cute looking. And, 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 and so I'm watching this going, well, from a, a blunt marketing perspective, you go, publicity-wise, people want to save a cute fish. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, and I'm wondering if, if, if you as a filmmaker can, can look at that and go, you know, maybe it's a little cynical, but this actually kind of helps our cause. Mm. Of course. Well, look, the, the vaquita is a symbol for this, for this war. Um, and I also like to stress that it's not about the vaquita. The vaquita is one animal, right. and it's mm-hmm. going extinct, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's like a, you call it in, in the film like a flagship. Like flagship. It's, yes. a, mm-hmm. it's a symbol for what is going on there. And obviously, it's a symbol because it's cute and it looks nice, and people see it and they're like, "Oh my God, this is so cute!" And of course, this helps. <laughs> and we want to use that because you know you need to get the emotion of the people to start caring but we want them to know that thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of animals are dying whales sharks dolphin mm-hmm. turtles mm-hmm. manta rays they're all birds. being killed mm-hmm. birds just because they are going for this totoaba fish and the vaquita is just the most prominent symbol of them all right mm-hmm. and andrea I, I, we don't have a lot of time left but i also wanted you to weigh in on when, when, when you do films like The Ivory Game, when you participate in films like Sea of Shadows, how does that help your work, or how does it hinder your work going forward? 
because you're talking about you have a team, some are undercover, yeah. but you're not. No. You're in the, your face is serious. It, it helps a lot. Actually, our work without media would be way less effective, of course. Uh, we, have an, we are an NGO, so we have to have a public face. Mm. I'm the public face. But as long as my team is undercover, uh, you know, most of my people working in the field, uh, their identities are, n are not even known within our organization, Elephant Action Leagues. So that's the balance uh, that I found. I can do it, I keep doing it. I don't know for how long, uh, but my people are protected. All right, well, we've been talking about the film Sea of Shadows. It's screening at Sundance. It's a documentary, but it oftentimes plays like a thriller. Uh, and Richard Licani, the director, Andrea Crosta, the subject of the film, were here. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Yes, thank you for your work. Thanks a lot. Thank you. That was our interview with director Richard Latkani and Andrea Crosta, who is the subject of the documentary Sea of Shadows, which opens next Friday, July 19th, at the Metreon in San Francisco, and on the following Friday, July 26th, all across the Bay Area. So please support this documentary, support independent filmmaking, especially on this level. Uh, we need to get these stories out on blast. Uh, and uh, these men, th this crew, uh, everybody that participated in this mission, they had to deal with the Mexican drug cartels, Chinese traffickers. Uh, the least we can do is go out to the theaters, spend some money and support them. And, and you're really going to, maybe you wouldn't enjoy it in the natural sense, but uh, you, you'll, you'll learn a lot and it'll really make you appreciate our oceans and, and our effect on it. So thank you so much for listening. For all of our socials, for all of our archives, go to bitchtalkpodcast.com. Or you can listen to us at BFF.FM on Monday mornings from 5.30 to 6 a.m. Thank you so much for listening to the Bitch Talk Podcast, powered by GoTo Productions. Bitch, please! <laughs> <laughs>